I'm the narrator, and this is Mythical, the podcast that wanders the dark and fantastical pages of fairy tales and myths. This season, I'm reading Italian fairy tales. Today's story is titled The Three Crowns. It was collected by Italo Calvino. I'll begin today's story, as all good stories should, with Once Upon a Time. There were once three sisters, who were all young. One was sixty-seven, another seventy-five, and the third ninety-four. Now these girls had a house with a nice little balcony, in the very middle of which was a hole for looking down on people passing along the street. The ninety-four-year-old sister, seeing a handsome young man approach, grabbed her finest scented handkerchief and sent it floating to the street just as the youth passed under the balcony. He picked it up, noticed the delightful scent, and concluded, It can only belong to a very beautiful maiden. He walked on away, then came back and rang the doorbell of that house. One of the three sisters answered the door, and the young man asked, Would you please tell me if a young lady lives in this mansion by chance? Yes, indeed. And not just one. Would you do me a favor and allow me to see the one who lost this handkerchief? No, that is impossible. A girl can't be seen before she's married. That's the rule at our mansion. The youth was already so thrilled just imagining the girl's beauty that he said, That's not asking a bit too much. I'll marry her sight unseen. Now I'm going to tell my mother that I found a lovely maiden whom I'm going to marry. He went home and told his mother all about it. She said, Dear son, take care and don't let those people trick you. You must think before you act. They're not asking a bit too much. I've given my word and a king must keep his promise, said the young man, who happened to be a king. Oh, he just happens to be a king. It's such a nice little detail to just sprinkle in there, like, whatever. He returned to the bride's house and rang the doorbell. The same crone answered the door, and he asked, Are you her grandmother? That's right, I'm her grandmother. Since you're her grandmother, do me a favor and show me at least a finger of the girl. No, not now. You'll have to come back tomorrow. The youth said goodbye and left. As soon as he was gone, the crones made an artificial finger out of the finger of a glove and a false fingernail. In the meantime, his eagerness to see the finger kept him awake all night long. The sun came up at last, and he dressed and ran to the house. Madam, he said to the crone, I've come to see my bride's finger. Yes, yes, she replied. Right away. You'll see it through the keyhole of the door. The bride pushed the false finger through the keyhole. Bewitched by its beauty, the young man kissed the finger and slipped a diamond ring onto it. Head over heels in love by then, he said to the crone, 
I must marry her forthwith, Granny. I can't wait any longer. You can marry her tomorrow if you like. Perfect. I'll marry her tomorrow. On my honor as a king. Being rich, the three old women were able to get everything ready overnight for the wedding, down to the tiniest detail. That is incredibly fast. They must have a ton of money. The next day, the bride dressed with the help of her two little sisters. The king arrived and said, I'm here, Granny. Wait a minute, and we'll bring her to you. Here she came at last, arm in arm with her sisters and covered in seven veils. Remember, said the sisters, you may not look at her face until you are in the bridal chamber. They went to the church and got married. Afterward, the king wanted them all to go to dinner, but the crones would not allow it. The bride, mind you, isn't used to such foolishness. So the king had to keep quiet. He was dying for night to come when he could be alone with the bride. The crones finally took her to her room, but made him wait outside while they undressed her and put her to bed. At last he went in and found the bride under the covers and the two old sisters still busying about the room. He undressed, and the old women went off with the lamp. But he'd brought along a candle in his pocket. He got it, lit it, and what should he see but an old withered crone streaked with wrinkles? For an instant he was speechless and paralyzed with fright. Then, in a fit of rage, he seized his wife and hurled her through the window. Under the window was a vine-covered trellis. The old crone went crashing through the trellis, but the hem of her nightgown caught on a broken slat and held her dangling in the air. That night, three fairies happened to be strolling through the gardens. Passing under the trellis, they spied the dangling crone. At that unexpected sight, all three fairies burst out laughing and laughed until their sides hurt. But when they had laughed their fill, one of them said, Now that we've had such a good laugh at her expense, we must reward her. Indeed we must, agreed another. I will that you become the most beautiful maiden in the world. I will said the second fairy, that you have the most handsome of husbands, and that he love you with his whole heart. I will, said the third fairy, that you will be a great noble lady your whole life long. At that, the fairies moved on. At dawn, the king awakened and remembered everything. To make sure it wasn't just a bad dream, he opened the window in order to see the monster he'd thrown out the night before. But there on the trellis sat the loveliest of maidens. He put his hands to his head. Goodness me, what have I done? He had no idea how to draw her up, but finally took a sheet off the bed, threw her an end to grab hold of, then pulled her up into the room. Over joyed to have her beside him once more, he begged her to forgive him, which she did, and they became the best of friends. In a little while, a knock was heard on the door. It must be Granny, said the king. Come in, come in. 
The old woman entered and saw in bed, in place of her ninety-four-year-old sister, the loveliest of young ladies, who said, as though nothing were amiss, "'Clementine, bring me my coffee.' The old crone put a hand over her mouth to stifle a cry of amazement. Pretending everything was just as it should be, she went off and got the coffee. But the minute the king left the house to attend to his business, she ran to his wife and asked, "'How in the world did you become so young?' "'Shh!' cautioned the wife. "'Lower your voice, please. Just wait until you hear what I did. I had myself planed.' "'Planed?' Planed? Who did it for you? I'm going to get planed, too. The carpenter. The old woman went running to the carpenter shop, lickety-split. Carpenter, will you give me a good planing? Oh, my goodness, exclaimed the carpenter. You're already dead wood, but if I plane you, you'll go to kingdom come. Don't give it a thought. What do you mean, not give it a thought? After I've killed you, what then? Don't worry, I tell you. Here's a thaler. When he heard thaler, the carpenter changed his mind. He took the money and said, Lie down here on my workbench, and I'll plane you all you like. And he proceeded to plane a jaw. The crone let out a scream. Now, now. If you scream, we won't get a thing done. She rolled over, and the carpenter planed the other jaw. The old crone screamed no more. She was dead, as dead can be. Nothing more was ever heard of the other crone. Whether she drowned, had her throat slit, died in bed or elsewhere, no one knows. The bride was the only one left in the house with the young king, and they lived happily ever after. The moral of today's story is, you are not a hydra creature. If you cut off your head, you will die. There are other Italian variants of the story. There is one in the Pink Fairy Book, which is edited by Andrew Lang. Thomas Frederick Crane also included a variant in his published work, Italian Popular Tales. Both Crane and Lang's version go by the same name. Their versions are titled, The King Who Would Have a Beautiful Wife. In these versions, it is a king who sends a servant out to find him the most beautiful maiden to be his wife. He comes along to a house inhabited by only two sisters, they are both very old still, but they have spent their life spinning, and so their hands are still very soft and youthful. They show the servant their hands, and he rushes back to the king to declare that he has found the maiden the king would most want to marry. The old women claim to be fifteen and twenty. The king decides that he wants the youngest one, at only fifteen. She says that she has never seen a ray of light in her life, and if she did so, it would be perilous. So she covers herself in veils, and the king sends a covered carriage at nightfall 
After he finds out that she is indeed an old woman, he throws her out the window. She gets stuck on a hook rather than on a trellis. Four fairies come along this time, and they give her youth, beauty, wisdom, and a tender heart. Once he is rescued and her sister comes along, Mang's version has the bride saying that she had her head cut off by a barber and a new one grew in its place. Crane's version has the bride telling her sister that she still went to a barber but had herself skinned. The barber, like the carpenter, at first refuses to give treatment to the old woman. In Crane's version, the barber says this to the old woman as she is having herself skinned. Who will look fair must grieve and bear pain. In Lang's version, the barber says this in French as he is cutting her head off. You must suffer to be beautiful. Next week is the final episode in season two and the last of our Italian fairy tales for a while. After next week, there will be a one-week break between seasons. Season 3 will feature Irish fairy tales. I hope to see you then. If you have a fairy tale you would like me to read aloud, you can email me at mythicalthepodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at mythicalpodcast. I love hearing from you and am open to almost any fairy tale suggestion. Thank you for joining me today. I'm the narrator. And don't anger the fairies. <laughs>